from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. From inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios, you're also watching us on Facebook Live on Facebook.com backslash LiveNowDT and on YouTube.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. So however you're tuning into the show, thank you so much for watching and listening to Wake Up Call every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Appreciate your patience this morning as we got set and ready to go. Jason Lucas here with us on the air for hour number one, a little bit into hour number two, and then hour number two with Ross Turetsky uh, joining us here. Kind of awesome because uh, in reality of all of this, it's kind of like the the groomsman that will be at my upcoming wedding at some point in my life. So, you know, we might look back at the show and call it the groomsman broadcast. I don't know. So it's uh, it's kind of fun. I guess I told Jason he's going to be in my wedding party now. So, Jay, what do you think of that? <laughs> Just don't dress me in pink. I'll be ready to go. <laughs> well, you know, normally it's, you know, somebody doesn't like the dress on the, on the women's side, but the guys don't seem to really complain about... You know, what you have to wear. For I just, when I was at Ross's wedding, I was just, it was just cold. I was freezing because we didn't have jackets. We only had like the vests. And so, I mean, Ross can tell you it was like 41 degrees outside. It was an October wedding. So it was definitely cold, but also definitely worth it. And I figured out I can kind of low key play the piano, which I've never been taught how to do. I was just messing around with the piano in the room while we were waiting to go out there. And Ross came over to me and he goes, that sounds really good, buddy. And I go, great. I don't, I don't know anything that I'm doing right now. So, wow. yeah. You're the next Ray Charles. Yeah. So a little, little bit of piano, a little bit of fun and uh, see what we can come up with. But, you know, speaking of relationships and connections, I brought you on today's show because you and I talk about stuff all the time and I'm always amazed and moved by the people that you know and the connections that you have. You really seem to have uh, built these beautiful bridges in life. And so I kind of want to open the door uh, to you, really in general, to start things off of, you know, who is maybe your favorite person that you've ever met and built a genuine relationship with in the sports world? I mean, probably the best one I'd say is you, actually. (laughs) I I, I did not expect that at all. I'm sitting here thinking like, oh, Jay Gruden, and I'm just like, I did not... Uh, if I'm not name dropping people who you know were in the NFL and stuff, I mean, like you and me, like our relationship's pretty cool. I mean, you bring me on your show all the time, and I get some exposure, and it, it's awesome. So I'd say our relationship is as genuine as anybody through the years. I hear from you more often than I hear from Jay or anybody. So I'd say you number one. Uh, Jay is a good one because Jay Jay was like the one of the first people in sports that really reached out to me and, and kind of took me under his wing and, and talked to general managers for me and got me jobs with him. And, you know, that was awesome too, obviously, because without that, I'm not even in sports or even there at the Florida Tuskers for you to meet. So A and B. <laughs> one a and one B. Yeah, no, and, and I appreciate, I mean, 
again, I'm, I'm honored. I'm flattered. I didn't, I didn't expect that. I didn't ask the question knowing that at all. And so uh, I really did it. And, you know, but no, I mean, that's, that's, uh, it's very kind of you. And, you know, I, I mean, we met through this world. So uh, if, if not for the Florida Tuskers, you know, we don't meet or we don't meet at that time. So I, I think, I think that, uh, you know, having that, having that connection and you and I really both caring about, uh, about sports and about building everybody up. I think it's a true definition, you know, covering the UFL and covering the Tusker, Tuskers, you working in the front office for them, uh, me covering them, uh, just a decision that, that I had made something I wanted to do. You know, I, I feel like, I feel like us meeting was amidst the true definition of who we are, which is, you know, understanding redheaded stepchildren and, and understanding that everybody deserves to have a voice and everybody should uh, have their message be shared and, and nobody should be left on the cutting room floor. You know, I think, you know, I know that you and I met through the fact that we truly don't believe that anybody should be discredited or unaccounted for. Yeah, no, I mean, you're absolutely right. We we go through life, you know, especially in sports, it's all about the connections you make and and the bridges, you know, you build those bridges and you never know, you never know where you're going to end up or, or who knows who. And, you know, it's just like something I did this past year. You never know if you're a high school kid playing football, you never know who's watching you. I was, I was watching those kids at Seminole. I know I, remember, I mentioned them almost every time you have me on now. Uh, you know, I'm watching the kids play at Seminole, and, and there's one of them that's just standing out to me like crazy that had absolutely no offers. And, of course, Cortez Hankton, a guy that you and I know uh, well from Tuster's days, I, I reached out to him, the wide receivers coach at Georgia, and the next thing you know, the kid's tweeting he got an offer from the University of Georgia, and the coach is saying, hey, you know, thanks, Jason, you told me about him. Like, that's awesome. I mean, and and kid ends up in South Florida. That's where he's going to play uh, this coming season. But it's it's pretty crazy to think like the way the connections work in sports and 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 you see them work through the draft when you watch the draft all the different connections uh ucf just had um we just had tay gowan get drafted over the weekend uh to the arizona cardinals where the wide receivers coach of course is sean jefferson from ucf so i would imagine he was in the draft room saying hey we got to go get my guy so connections are everywhere man yeah, you know, and and that's and that's the beauty. I think what you and I have definitely realized is that life, uh, you know, when when you do these things, when you cover these teams and and you know, you cover these players that maybe people aren't focused on and maybe people aren't talking about or talking to, uh, it, it really creates such an amazing world uh, for us. You know, for those of us that care, I, I think it's repaid a millionfold. You know, covering the Florida Tuskers of the UFL, the United Football League, you know, at the time, I look back on it, and if not for the Tuskers, I don't meet you. I don't meet Jay Gruden, John Gruden, Doug Flutie, Cortez Hankton, uh, my guy Benny, as well as uh, uh, Super Bowl champion Dominique Rhodes, Brooks Bollinger, you know, Avion Kaysen, as, 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 and on and on and on and on and on. You know, I, I and I, I think I killiered. At the time, so I mean, it's a, it's, it's just a Joe Theismann. I mean, it's, I don't have these these fantastic relationships with multi. I mean, literally covering that team brought me two Super Bowl champions, the Gruden brothers, 
You know, I mean, it's John Gruden endorsed my show. I, I mean, uh, you know, Theismann, I believe we did a thing to endorse it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, Dominique Rhodes gave me one of the best advice pieces that I use all the time. I literally use it at probably, you know, at least once every single year, if not multiple times. And I remember exactly where I was standing outside of the old Citrus Bowl, which is Camping World Stadium now, in Orlando, where the Tuskers played. And we were walking out, and he was going to his car, and we were talking. We were just talking about a lot of stuff. And I was really kind of lost. And I I just felt, I felt sad. I felt down. I felt like I was at a crossroads. I didn't understand why things weren't working out if I was doing things the right way with my energy and my positivity and my hard work. And I just didn't feel like appreciated or seen. And Dominique looked at me and he said something to me that I will never, ever forget. It's one of the quotes that I need to like put on the wall here in the studio. He said, if you, he said, if you chase money, you'll chase it forever. If you chase your dreams, money will chase after you and eventually it'll catch you. And I never, ever, ever forgot that. He was like, you chase the money, you'll chase it forever. You chase your dreams, the money will chase you. And I, and I just, I hold that so, so near and dear to my heart. If you do what you love and you love what you do, the, your, your life will take care of itself. But if you go after the rat race, you'll be running like a rat every day and you'll never be yourself. So I, I just think that, you know, those words, I mean, I asked Joe Theismann to, to help me with a person who was going through cancer treatment and a fundraiser. And I said, Hey, can you just send a football signed? And he sent one of his jerseys, this massive Jersey signed and two pictures signed. And then he was like, Dan, I can't get it there by Friday. Is it okay if I get it to them by Monday? And I was like, uh, yeah, that's fine, Joe. I mean, like, I, I just, I just remember being totally blown away uh, by, I remember Avion talking with me about his son. Like I, I just, without covering that team, you know, I, I don't meet all these people. And so many people would not cover a team like that because it wasn't established. They hadn't won a championship. It wasn't the NFL. And so it just really goes to show that, you know, I am a true believer that you and I who are caregivers in many ways of the definition uh, by caring and loving and giving everybody an opportunity you and I have, have incredible stories because God puts all these people in these beautiful nooks and crannies that people don't go to and, you know, people like you and I do. And, and so, you know, how did you meet this guy and how'd you get this? How'd you get that? Well, we covered one team in Orlando. I mean, that's, that's how we did it. And I just, I feel like it's a true testament to if you reach out to the world and you give back and you care and you give everybody an equal opportunity the most amazing things will happen in your life that you don't even know are on their way. Yeah, you know, it's funny. All that that you just covered there, there's one person from the Tuskers that you left out, and he's probably the most famous one. He uh, is the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams now, Sean McVay. Uh, and he was a guy that was like in a back office somewhere almost the whole time. I don't even remember ever being introduced to Sean McVay. And, and you know, I was tight with all the coaches right down the line. Yeah. And I don't even ever remember meeting him. And Sean McVay is probably easily the most famous of, of everybody that was, that was, uh, in that whole deal. 
And I, I wish I had gone back in that back office and built a relationship there. It's, sometimes it's the ones that you don't even get to build <laughs> that you that you missed. And, uh, yeah, so it's actually cool to be like, hey, McVeigh, you know, was part of that Tuskers deal. And that was only, what, 11 years ago, and he's been a coach in the NFL for about five now. So pretty crazy to think, like, just everybody that was involved around that whole deal. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like, you know, it, it is though. It's like it, you know, it, it, it's it's that reality of, you know, something that I just really, I mean, truly believe in. Of, you know, if you go out and you give everybody a chance, I mean that that's how things happen. I just I remember I remember the first interview I did with Superpowered Pop, and the the you know the first interview, I was at New York Comic Con. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know ha- I didn't have any relationships with any actors or any actresses or any illustrators or writers or anybody. And I was going up and down Artist Alley. And it's this huge part of the Javits Center where they just have all these writers and artists and everybody from comic books and graphic novels. And I went up to this guy and I don't know what drew me to him. I mean, I think I saw I mean the Spider-Man behind him obviously, but I walked up to Tom Lyle and I said, hi, you know, uh, you know, I do a show. This is what I do. I would love to interview you. And I was just going up to total strangers. I mean, it was essentially humbling me and putting me in a place where, you know, 17 years ago, I did that with sports. I had never known anybody and I'm just going to go do an interview. Well, that was, that was what I did with Superpowered Pop with entertainment. I said, okay, now you're in a world that you haven't been in before and you have to build your rapport. And so once all you got to do, Dan, is get one interview. Once you get one, then you get two. When you get two, you get 10. When you get 10, you get 20. And, and then you go from there. And I asked this guy, Tom Lyle, if I could talk to him. And he said, yeah, come back in a little while and uh, we'll do something. And so he's doing commissions. He's drawing and whatnot. He has me come into this place. He goes, is it okay if you sit here while we do it? And I said, sure. And he put up a chair next to him in his booth while people were coming up to him and we did an interview and it was like a 40 some odd minute interview. And at the end of it, I just thought, wow, this is really incredible. Thank you so much for giving me your time and making me feel truly appreciated. Well, Tom Lyle, it turns out the person I was drawn to was actually the artist and creator of my favorite version of Spider-Man, which is the Scarlet Spider. I had no idea that I was meeting the creator. I had no idea that I was meeting this very humble, low-key guy. I had no idea in a million years that God had brought me to this guy that I just thought, hey, you know what? Let me just say hi. He did Spider-Man. He worked on that. Let me just talk to him. Had no idea who he was. Had no idea that he did the Scarlet Spider. Ended up building a friendship with him. He ended up caring so much that I asked to do an interview when when I had my show take a booth in New York Comic Con on the main floor with 160,000 people walking around. He walks all the way out of Artist Alley, left what he was doing, and came to me to sit down and do an interview just uninterrupted. He told me how much he appreciated it. He complimented so many things that I value and keep close to my heart. And within the last couple of years, he passed away. And I didn't know immediately when it happened and I saw his wife a post about it and I just remember 
how kind and true and good that man always was toward me. And I have a commission that he did. I gave him a comic book cover and I said, could you, could you draw the face of the Scarlet Spider for me? And he said, sure. And when I went to pick it up, he looked around and he said, I can't find it. He said, somebody must have taken it. He goes, why would somebody do that? Why would somebody take something that, that, you know, they know they didn't give me? And he goes, well, this is what I meant for that person, so you take it. It costs more. It took me more time, but they took yours, so I'm not going to charge you anymore. You take this. And it was a full-length Scarlet Spider in a city, and it was so much more than what I bargained for. And it was the last thing he gave me. And it was so fitting of him because it, he was so much more than what I bargained for. And to build a friendship with the creator of a character that I love and I had no idea it was happening. So it truly goes to show when you say hello to everyone, you have no idea what special someone you may be bringing into your life. And Jason, you and I are friends because of it. And you embody it to say that that one team, Sean McVay, Jay Gruden, John Gruden, Joe Theismann, Doug Flutie, Avion Kaysen, Dominique Rhodes, and on and on and on and on, just so happen to all be converging on the same place within the same couple years. We met the rogues gallery of awesomeness because we decided to just give something a chance. And if that's not incredible, I don't know what is. Yeah, I mean, put it that way, it sounds like ESPN should be calling us to do a 30 for 30. <laughs> <laughs> Florida Tuskers, what if I told you all these people were in the same place at the same time? Because, yeah, I mean, when, when you look around, when you look around that, uh, that story you just told, by the way, almost brought me to tears. I don't want to completely ignore everything you said, because I was sitting here like, wow, that's, that's crazy and but the point you were making is perfect because you never know you never know who people are going to become five years ten years down the road you never know what they're going to mean to your life um you know me i cover high school football which which is mind-blowing to see where some of these kids end up you know i i can i can list at least one or two you know guys that i've covered that they made it either deep in college or to the NFL. And, and I look at them and I'm like, wow, okay. I covered this guy in high school. How old am I now, by the way? And <laughs> it's, just, it's just crazy. You, you never know where, where anybody's going to end up, what they're going to end up doing. And, and you're going to be sitting there watching them on TV like, man, when that guy was in high school or man, when that guy lived in Orlando, like, you know, like I look at Jay Gruden with Washington, uh, football team the last six years that he was the coach there like that was crazy because jay was the head coach of the predators here in orlando and somebody that i looked up to and, and he didn't have to take me under his wing the way he did he didn't have to tell me that the stuff i wrote was better than what they write in the orlando sentinel or hey you know jason if, if you can if you can take this job with us that'd be awesome because you know we need a really good writer to come in and and uh you know, do feature stories on the players and stuff. You know, I, I was like overtaken with emotion because that was my first, my first, first connection in sports is, is the one that's gotten me my jobs and, 
and different opportunities around. And then obviously, I mean, plenty of other, plenty of other connections have gotten me, you know, to cover events for the Miami Herald, Orlando Sentinel, Daytona Beach News Journal, right on down the line. I mean, I, I've worked for many different newspapers and and done different things. I've worked for the NFL Network, uh, giving just giving stats during an arena football game that was live. Um, to guys that to guys that you'll see on Sundays, Charles Davis is, is the guy that calls NFL now. Um, you know, that's somebody that that I'm like, wow, I worked with Charles Davis, and he's probably the best one that you hear on Sundays as far as color commentators go. Yeah, you know, and and, and that's the thing is that again, you know, you never know who you're going to meet, you never know who you're going to cross paths with. And that's why it's not good enough. I mean, yeah, we all have bad days. We have rough moments, but it's not good enough to, to mail it in at any point. It's not good enough to just, eh, you know, I don't need to say hi to this person. Like you, you never, you never, ever, 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 ever know. And, and that, and that is the beauty of life is that if you and I didn't lead with our best foot forward and we didn't. You know, believe in a God up above. Believe that, you know, things happen for a reason. If we if we didn't push ourselves to be who we are, and that's the thing that I love about you, and that's why we have become, you know, we met as total strangers, we worked on, on different sides of the coin, and we ended up becoming fast friends. And, you know, I mean, if, if you want to learn anything about life, folks, from total strangers to working relationship to being friends to now being like brothers, to me being this being my brother and Jason Lucas, and now I'm the uncle of his three children. Like, I, I mean, you don't you don't write a better story than if I didn't cover that team and he didn't work on that team and God didn't put us in that place at that time and we didn't say hello and use our free will and I didn't show him my work ethic, he didn't show me his work ethic, I'm not the uncle of of Carter, Carly, and Gracie, one of the greatest accomplishments of my life. It's not an article. It's not a show. It's not, it's not, you know, a Super Bowl champion. One of the greatest accomplishments of my life that I talk about almost daily is my, you know, my, my nephew and my two nieces that belong to Jason and Kristen. So, you know, and, and, and that, that is what sports does. That is why wake up call is the tagline is where sports meets life. Because it changes lives every day. And it's not about just the Super Bowl champion or the NCAA tournament champion or the person that set this record. It's about all the people that you wouldn't know about if Jason didn't write about them and, or make phone calls about them and try and help them get recruited. You wouldn't know them if, if they didn't come on this show. You know, like... It, there's something to be said about my greatest interviews sometimes are with walk-ons and with people that, that uh, you know, will tell you themselves, nobody cares about me. And I said, that's ridiculous. You know, I mean, I, I had one of the greatest moral uh, kind of pushing, opening me, realizing things. It was one of the greatest advice pieces that I needed at the time with Joe Combe. And Joe Combe was the first walk-on to hit a three-pointer in Syracuse basketball history. And you know, it's not Derek Coleman, it's not Billy Owens, it's not John Wallace, it's not Carmelo Anthony, it's not Jerry McNamara, it's Joe Combe. And Joe was so flattered that he could be on the air, and I'm on the other side of him going, everything you said to me today I needed to hear. Like, you changed my life by being on my show, and if I would have never reached out to you, or if I would have thought, oh, he's a walkout, oh, he scored three points, oh, he did this, 
if I thought that way, which a lot of people do, I wouldn't I wouldn't have had someone get me through a tough time that they didn't even know I was having. So there's a lot to be said about the fact of being on your best behavior, putting your best foot forward, always showing your greatest work ethic, no matter how many hours of sleep you've had or how many times you've been beaten down, because those people could turn around and give you the honor of, of being an uncle or an aunt or a, a best man at a wedding or a, you know, simply someone that they want to break bread with at their table. You never know who you're going to meet. And Jason, I mean, we are the perfect success story of leading with your best foot forward, giving your all and trying to build a good rapport for yourself because it started in the professional world and it turned into the fact that like I literally go around talking about Carter, Carly and Gracie all the time. I was reminded how deeply uh, Kristen wants me to find happiness and you. And, you know, I mean, you drove to see me this past week to have dinner. You know, you drove almost two hours home and an hour there, three hours round trip to spend probably three hours with me. And, you know, you, you, you can't you can't buy this stuff. You can't put it in a bottle. You just have to really understand that sports does meet life. And when it does, you got to be ready for it. Oh, you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. <laughs> you cut out there for a second. No, yeah, man. I mean, the girls love you. Kristen loves you. I love you, man. We, we've we come a long way in in 11 years. It's, it's just absolutely crazy to think all the things that we've gone through through the years. And uh, we're still here. We're still doing it. And we beat the pandemic and got to see each other a couple times and Man, dinner was awesome. Getting to meet your mom was awesome. Seeing where you come from. <laughs> so yeah. I gotta I gotta get up there to Syracuse, man. Like I told you, man. I gotta I gotta get up there eventually and get to hang out up there for football or basketball or whatever and, and we'll do our thing and go, go to some good restaurants up there. I'm looking forward to when I'm able to make it. Yeah, you know, and what I love is at the drop of a dime I could say Hey Jason, I want to do a show at this restaurant, and you'd be like, "Okay, what are we talking about?" And 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 you know, I there's there's and I want you to know that I appreciate that. And Ross, you know, Turetsky coming up here in just a, a little bit. In the same respect, you are two people that I can, at the drop of a hat, say, "I want to do I, I want to do a show. I want to do this. I want to talk about that." And you and you guys don't say no ever. And and it's and it's just. It, it, there's there's a beauty in the fact of me, you know, kind of running through life at times and having to do certain things. And so, like, I know if you came up here and I was like, hey, Jay, you know, uh, a bunch of things happened, a bunch of dominoes fell a certain way. I'm heading out to the Wildcat. I need you to do a show with me. You would prepare, get out there, and you would talk like a friggin' road scholar, and people would respect you after. And and if they didn't, I would tell them to. So, I mean, it's it's one of those things where... I know you could come up here at the at the drop of a dime, and we could have probably one of the greatest shows that I've ever done in 17 years. Pro- I mean, without doubt, and and that says a lot about you. It says a lot about your talent. It says a lot about your care. You know, the world hears all these stories, and I'm my own boss. I mean, God's my boss, and then me. But I have the opportunity to do whatever I want on my show 
And so I get to tell the background stories of like, y'all don't understand. Like Jason Lucas can genuinely do anything at the drop of a hat and be good at it. And, and that is something that I think you need to be commended for. Well, shoot, hearing that, you know, I've, I've been talking this week with <laughs> with a uh, local high school football coach, actually the one that won the state championship, uh, Mr. Eric Lodge, and he told me the other day that I should I should come coach and and teach school, <laughs> and and it's it's actually something I'm like entertaining because I, I always say to people, you know, there's nothing I can't do with football, right? You know, I mean, I, I can cover it, I can write it, I can video it, I can play it i can coach it whatever you want me to do with football i can pretty much do it except for take hits so (laughs) it's it's something i'm really considering actually now is is maybe going into coaching and and maybe you know adding another nugget to my experience around football and and really just you know using my knowledge that i have to pass it down to the next generation yeah speaking here with jason lucas uh, who's been on many different uh, sides of the coin here and talking about an uh, in, in, in even potential new side of the coin to be a part of. Uh, what can you say about that? What can you say about, you know, the opportunity to, you know, potentially a coach? Is it something that you that you really put thought into in the past? Or is this something that's been more recent for you? And, and what do you, I mean, I think you would, I mean, I think it's a no-brainer, but what... What about what about coaching? Has it has it been on your mind because you are such a student of the game? I mean, you can talk to me about interviewing a player and something about a player, and 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 we can have that discussion. And then you can talk about. I mean, you can literally go from who they are as a person and how you how you've seen them grow up and all this background story about things that like really help you to know somebody to talking about it you can like switch right into x's and o's and say oh okay you know yeah he's running this route and they're going to pitch here and and he's going to move this way and you know i'm seeing i'm seeing the slants and every time this guy comes across the middle this other guy shifts and he never sees it like you you live in this world where you can talk x's and o's and then you can also talk about you know who they are as people which i think would make you an incredible coach because you already care about them and you know the game yeah, I mean, I would say it's a pretty recent thing. Um, I covered Seminole this entire season, and and Eric and I, you know, like you said, it's all about relationships. Eric and I have gotten talking over texts um, during the season and on into the off season, and trying to get them their rings and everything, trying to be a part of their fundraising. And um, you know, it's something he just brought up to me and was like, you know, well, you should coach football, and I don't know. I still don't know. I'll have to ask him what he knows about me <laughs> to know that I would be good at it. But, I mean, I see the game different. I, I see the, I see things that I feel like some coaches don't see, some players may not see, and, you know, openings that are there, but you don't even see them. Um, I mean, I can I can sit at a football game with you and pretty much tell you what play is coming sometimes. It's, it's kind of scary at times. Like, I'll just sit there and be like, all right, this one's going right there. And, and there it goes, and and especially if I watch a team enough, I I get to know their tendencies to where they want to go, you know, in certain down and distances or certain matchups they're looking to get. 
And it's, I mean, that's that's football in general. Football is a game of matchups. It's it's about getting your six four receiver on their five nine DB. You know, it, it's about getting your fast running back out in the flat on a linebacker. It's it's all about stuff like that. And uh, you know, moving the ball down the field and bringing blitzes from the right places. If you're on defense, bringing blitzes, you know, from up the middle. If they're soft up the middle, if the if the running back's not the best at blocking, you know, because sometimes they'll bring in another running back that's not their usual blocking back and. You just never know, man. I don't know where I'm going to end up uh, with with everything in my life. You know, um, I actually lost my bank job the other day, which I shared with you. Um, so I, I am right now listening to whatever and looking at whatever, and we'll see where I end up next. But, I mean, coaching football wouldn't be bad for sure. I, I think I would do great at it and, uh, and be able to pass down my knowledge. Yeah, coming here from Jason Lucas with experience in the front office and in the media sharing stories today uh, of his incredible network and just uh, the beauty of truly embodying where sports meets life, which you know is uh, everything of which uh, Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora is. Jason, you, t- you talked about <clears throat> the fact of working another job outside of the sports world. You know, people don't see this. You know, I got into traditional radio and people are like, oh, you know, like, why would you, you know, in the beginning, they don't ask me anymore. But in the beginning, it was, why did you leave? Why did you decide to leave traditional radio? And I'm like, you don't know that they pay you $8 an hour like you're, you know, like if you do a weekend show for four hours, they give you a $30 check, a $30 check for a week. You know, I mean, and if you raise 30 grand like I did and you have bosses that were like mine were. They hand you a $3,100 check at the end of the year on the $30,000 you raised. They say, thank you for doing all the work. We did absolutely nothing. We didn't support you. We didn't talk about you. We blocked almost everything you tried to do. We didn't even want to do a promo for you. And at the end of the year, the thirty grand that you raised by yourself that you can live off of, they hand you a $3,000 check. I could have gotten food stamps. And, you know, people don't tell you those stories. They don't tell you that you know, you're doing a, a million things that are highly intensive and, and needs your needs your attention all the time, that when you're working with a team like the Predators or the Tuskers or whatever it may be, that you are, you know, running PR, you're running fundraisers, you're putting out articles, you're talking with the team, you're going to practices, you're trying to get players looked at, you're scouting. And on top of all of that, you got to go work a bank job because it they, because this job doesn't pay or it doesn't pay enough. And how many times have you or I done a job where we get told we're doing one job and we end up doing eight and we get paid for half a one? So, you know, the world of really, truly being in love with this is is not talked about. And so I'd love to get your insight on it, Jason, because you and I both know what it's like to have a paycheck that is massively disrespectful, but do something that gives us such a rewarding life. Or bounce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or it bounce. Yeah, yeah. So, so, like, when I was with the Florida Tuskers, I mean, I loved it. I loved it. I lived it. I was there at practice every morning. I was, you know, after practice grabbing a player to do interviews and, and try to get the feature stories done. I had to get comments from Jay on each single player I was writing about. Um I mean, my articles, they probably all read very close to the same because I would do the same thing every day. I'd get the player, and then I'd get Jay to talk about the player because 
the players come from all sorts of different places and don't necessarily have that relationship to talk about each other yet. Um, you know, so it's, it's not like, you know, in the pros where they've played together three or four years in these minor leagues, the guys are all new to each other. Uh, so they probably read pretty much the same, but, but yeah, I'll, I'll never forget it, man, going to the bank. And I had, like, no money in my account. I'm like, wait a minute, didn't we just get paid? And, I mean, I had just put the check in a couple days earlier. I called the bank, and they're like, no, nah, man, that check bounced. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> so that happens. And I was only making 1500 Um And that's, I mean, you go back to two years ago with the uh, the Alliance Football League, man. What went on with them? Um as far as they ran out of money really fast. Um, yeah. these, these little, these, these minor leagues, man, they run out of money so fast and it's something that's not going to get fixed until the NFL decides to put their own money and their own brand behind it. So they have their own kind of minor league, um, for these guys that come out of college and they don't get drafted and, but it keeps them playing football. It keeps them getting looked at. I think it's something this year I'm noticing with uh, the FCS playing right now in the spring. It's something interesting to watch and kill time until the fall. So I, I don't see the lose in it for the NFL as far as the minor league is concerned. Um, but, yeah, a lot of a lot of labor of love for guys like you and me that, that just love the game and just love being around the game and just love to even just be the smallest part of it and – for me at this point it's all about you know i just want to be part of a championship i really do i want to be part of that and get that gaudy ring on my finger (laughs) i talked about this just last week when i did the pred talk show like i really just want to be a part of it and let my knowledge help somebody win a championship and that way i can also say i was a part of the on the field not just the off the field yeah you know and and that's and, and that's something too you know like i've gotten to be a part of teams where they say you know you are just as much a part of this championship. Like this championship is yours too. And, and I want that too, you know, and and I, and you know, and I don't think you and I have really ever talked about this, but I genuinely have thought about coaching myself. I mean, I coach soccer and I love that, you know, I had never played. I had to learn the game as I went and, you know, but I coached it and I fell in love with those kids. I really did. And, you know, but basketball, I could coach it in my sleep. Football, there was a team up here that needed help. And, you know, I, they kind of told me like, hey, if you work with us, and Jason, you've been here too. Hey, if you work with us and you do this, that, whatever, you know, when we have money, we'll give it to you. And, but when you work for free, people like that it's free forever. And so in most cases... And, and so for me, it was like trying to say like, Hey, no. And and I remember at one point I became essentially the quarterback's coach. Like it was, Hey, you need to go work, you know, work with these guys. You have, you know, these three guys in your room and we need you to, uh, we need you to work with them and we need you to really work on this one kid. And I just remember going like, this is one of the greatest accomplishments of my life to be asked to be a quarterback coach. But I quickly didn't like really push to continue to do it because I was filming the game or I was filming practice so that they could have tape to look at. I was interviewing the players. I was promoting the team. I was getting tickets out and trying to get people to games. 
And then on top of that, I was a quarterback's coach. And I said to myself, this is one of the greatest like accomplishments and achievements of my life to be considered a quarterback's coach. But I'm not getting paid for any of this. And I, and, and I'm, I'm driving far away and I'm doing all this stuff. I can't, I just, I won't do this to myself. So it was like a great honor, but it came from a poor, a poor situation and literally and figuratively just a poor situation. And so for me, it was like, wow, I would have loved to have done it, but I wanted to be respected. And, and, and I think that's, you know, your time needs to be respected. Your energy needs to be respected or else what are you doing? And I just kept thinking to myself, if I say yes to these people and I'm working for them like eight hours a day, it's going to affect everything else that I get paid to do. And I'm not getting paid to do anything here. So, you know, and I, and I, I think that that was something that really had to pay attention to it. But I mean, I don't think I ever told you that story that I, I became a quarterback's coach and I was like watching, you know, filming practice. And I just got to a point where I was like, are you guys going to pay me? And I asked two or three times and never got a clear answer. And I walked away and I didn't want to walk away from the coach, the coaches. I didn't want to walk away from the players, but I just couldn't justify it yet. I got the taste of what it would be like to be a quarterback's coach. And I'm like, this is really awesome in the right situation. Yeah. I think jobs like that are easier to justify when you're single, not, not when you uh, are married or have kids, uh, you know, people who are depending upon your time to be paid time. So, yeah, I mean, back in the day I, I did, which is, that's awesome by the way that you did that. And, speaks to the person that you are and unfortunately those leagues man they just don't make a lot of money but um yeah no it, it just reminds me of when i did arenafan.com back in the day and, and i was writing articles and it was it was for free like it was for free it was you get into the game good for you we're letting you into the game there's no payment involved for anything that your interviews nothing oh oh okay and I was just so thankful to go to the game and I was single so I could do that. <laughs> and I didn't have anybody like, wait, you're not making money. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's all situational. Cause, cause there are plenty of volunteers that make football happen at every level. Yeah. <laughs> there are plenty of volunteers around that are doing things, you know, handing out programs or whatever, what have you. Those people don't, if they get paid, they don't get paid much at all levels of sports doesn't matter what you're doing so yeah pretty much you're 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 working on your own and it's it's that labor of love man because a lot of people in our our country especially we love sports and we just we just want to be part of the game it doesn't matter how much we're getting paid so you know for for me personally like i I have to get paid now you know (laughs) whatever i do it's got to be for pay because i can't explain that to my wife or to my kids, like that I'm working for free. <laughs> no, you know, and, and I, I think the thing that, you know, and to clarify my side of it was if I felt respected or I felt like there was a plan, you know, uh, you and I, I mean, the whole motif of what we're talking about is the sacrifices that we made to do these things, you know, and, and I have no problem making that sacrifice. It's when, it's when that, it's when that sacrifice you feel is being taken advantage of. And you feel like, you know, I'm going to hurt myself in order to try and do this thing. And when you get lied to, 
that's that's what changes it for me. I mean, if it was an organization of truth and transparency and it was an organization that really had a plan, then we're talking about something else. You know, I think the Florida Tuskers really tried, you know, and, and that's why I stayed and that's why I was there. And I people have such a misconception. I can't tell you how many people said to me, so when you cover the Jacksonville games, they pay for your flight and your hotel. And I go, what are you on drugs? Like, <laughs> I was like, you know, they, they don't, you know, yeah, they like that people are there to cover them, but they don't live off of that. So, you know, I was like, they don't need us there. They, uh, they open the door. And so, you know, I mean, I can argue that it's important, obviously, for us to be there. It is. But, yeah, this whole, like, oh, so they put you in a hotel and this and that. And I was like, no. And they're like, well, who pays for you to travel? I said, Dan Tatora. And they're like, well, how did... And I was like, I reinvest. I take what I get and I reinvest. I don't just go buy stupid crap. Like, I take what I... Ha- I always reinvest in my company. And and I and I tell I tell that to all the companies I work with, all the partnerships I have. I reinvest in you. Yesterday, I went to Mon Pa's, you know, Kettle Corn and Popcorn Factory, and, you know, we have a partnership, and I reinvested immediately. It was like, here, Dan, thanks for everything. And I said, okay, well, give me this, this, and this. You know, like, you 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 do right by the people that, that do right by you. You work with people that you like to work with. You work with people that you respect and, pro- and, and products and services that you actually would use. And so for me, you know, I it's nothing for me to go into Ma and Pa's and get kettle corn. It's nothing for me to tell everybody that like the only Honda or the only cars I get are Hondas and they're from Honda city. Like, you know, I put them up here on the screen right now, but it's like, I went to Chick-fil-A yesterday. Uh, Avicoli's and I, I brought the Liverpool show there exclusively. I have the exclusive West Genesee show at the Wildcat. I, at, at, you know, at Pizza Man in Beeville, I have the exclusive Baldwinsville show. So I found local restaurants to support these local kids. The Millhouse Market, it, it takes me a half an hour to get out there. I drive there all the time. Sometimes when the, when the pandemic first hit, we went out there weekly, bi-weekly, or twice a week. Canine Camp Dog Daycare and Canine Campgrounds, the only place I trust with Lily besides my mom. Carvel, I go there all the time. My grandmothers went there. My parents went there. Cafe Kubal, I love going there. Every day I talk about it in the morning, there's not a single day that goes by and I don't want to go there and get something to drink and something to eat. So, you know, you, if you do right by people and you're honest and you're true and you're good and you mean it, it's always going to come back. And I'm not going to be surprised the day that Jason Lucas gets a prominent job in a front office somewhere where you're saying to me, man, all those years I put in and all those blood, sweat and tears and working two jobs or three jobs and doing stuff I didn't like and having this and having that and having this team fold and having this team I really cared about and this didn't work out and this team moved. And now I'm talking to the general manager of whoever I'm talking to. You know, I'm, I know that, and that's, and I believe that. I genuinely believe that all your dues that you paid times a million are going to pay off. And somebody one day is just going to do you a solid, do right by you. And they're going to say, Jason, I've watched you. I have seen you. I appreciate you. I respect you. And you're going to get handed the keys to the, the golden ticket. And that's going to be one of the, one of the most amazing days of my life. But to me, before I see that, the character and the content of the man and the person you choose to be as a friend and as a son and as a father and as a husband now and everything that you have, like 
you've already made it. You've already achieved it. You already have three incredible children. One that's your guardian angel and the other two that, that are guardian angels on earth for me and you and Kristen and everybody. So you've achieved greatness, but there will come a day where greatness will be paid back for all your dues. And the God that I know you believe in has not forgotten your name. And he will call that name at some point. Yep. God's definitely got a plan, man. I appreciate all that you just said. I'm, I'm trying not to get a little misty-eyed. But yeah, man, I I have gone through a lot, been through a lot, personally, professionally, football or not, sports or not. Been through it all, man. Uh, I, I would love an opportunity at some point to, to make it all pay off. And it will, because you being able to do the job is not a question. You having the passion to do the job is not a question. It's just the realization of where that fit is and whether you have to create it or it creates itself, if it's pre-existing or if you have to bring it to life. But somewhere, some way, I'm going to be standing on a field again with you and, and you're going to say, son of a bee. We were we were you know laying on a on a turf field watching the watching the uh, the the steam come up on a hot day at a Tuskers practice, and now I'm standing here talking to Coach Lucas or General Manager Lucas or whatever it is Lucas because someday that's going to happen something's going to click because you've already paid your dues like I said and you've already seen the angles and you know what works and you know what doesn't. You're going to be an asset to somebody if you don't just create it yourself. And when that happens, I will be the first to cover it. Gladly. And I don't care if I have to fly somewhere or what I have to do. I'll be there. Because I have no problem telling everybody, you can have a coach, you can have a general manager, you can have a president and CEO, but you're not going to have this guy. And he knows the ins and outs of it. He knows how to work it. He knows how to do it. So it's not a question of if you can, it's when you will. And I think, you know, live by that every day. It's not an if I can, it's when I will. Because if you live with that mentality, you will. And I can't wait to tell people I told you so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I, I'm looking forward right now. There's there's no looking back. I mean, I, I just you just made me think about it. I've been covering sports for 20 one years now i think that's right since i was 17 so yeah 21 years now i've been doing it i started my own creditors website when i was 17 and nobody was paying me nothing i would i would pay for season tickets go to the games and when i got home i'd write an article <laughs> and from that i i grew a following that got me the arena fan gig and got me the relationship with jay and Jay, like I said, got me the job with the Predators and then the Tuskers, and pretty crazy, man, how, how my story is, just because I did not graduate college. You know, I don't have, like, a degree in journalism. I, I really just have built relationships, and my relationships have gotten me to everything I've ever had in sports. Everything I've ever had was built off of a relationship. Yeah, and that... That is the key right there. Speaking here with Jason Lucas on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios. Relationships are everything. Relationships build unbreakable bridges. 
stories build temporary puddle jumpers. I mean, that's that's it. You know, it's like it, you better hope you can run across a bunch of a bunch of leaves that because that's that's what you got in the water. But you build a bridge, you build it forever, and that's incredible. And I love that because you just said it. Relationships are everything. They're what makes it. There, I mean, it, it's what builds longevity. It's relationships. People work with people they want to work with, that they like working with, that they feel good around. At the end of the day, the beginning of the day, in the middle of the day, we all want to be loved, appreciated, respected, and around people that build us up and don't tear us down. That's it. It's, it's, the, it's the essential reality of life. Relationships are everything. And they take you farther than you're going to get with any type of money, material, or anything else. So, you know, you can only blackmail so far. You can only use money so far. You can only do things so far. But relationships, those are the things that build the bridges that cannot be broken. And, I mean, it's it could not be more perfectly said than that. Here with Jason Lucas... Jason, uh, before we, you know, sign off from this conversation for the day, you and I talked about UCF getting drafted, and you were hoping that a couple guys got drafted. Five of them heard their names called. Richie Grant, second round, 40th overall to Atlanta out of UCF, the safety Richie Grant. Cornerback Aaron Robinson, third round, 71st overall, to the Giants, Jacob Harris, wide receiver out of UCF, fourth round, 141st overall to the Rams, Tay Gowan, cornerback out of UCF, sixth round, 223 overall to the Cardinals, and Trey Nixon, wide receiver to the Patriots, seventh round, 242, and we know what they do with sixth and seventh round picks. So what are your thoughts on the fact that Richie Grant, Aaron Robinson, Jacob Harris, Tay Gowan, and Trey Nixon all heard their names called on draft uh, on the on this draft weekend essentially yeah it, it sure speaks a lot for UCF who uh, you know have been accused of a, a lot of things damaging the brand because they quote unquote claimed a national title and you know it, it just kind of validates a lot of things because it, it shows that NFL GMs coaches they're they're watching UCF play 100 days they're seeing that our players I mean Richie Grant's going to be a superstar let's just put it the way it is Aaron Robinson I think will also be a superstar and then you know right down the line Jacob Harris was a dang soccer player like four years ago he was recruited to play soccer (laughs) at Florida Gulf Coast and ends up at UCF walking onto the football team and this is where he's taken himself and just paying his dues in special teams first. He was a special teamer for his first two years at UCF. And just in the, in the really the last probably five, six games of this past season, you know, showed a force and, and, and became someone that's hard to stop because of his height and his ability to jump and how fast he is too. So, I mean, it's crazy to see, you know, guys like Jacob Harris get in there uh, Tay Gowan is a guy that, you know, he fell down the board uh, like crazy. Like, I was watching the draft, and in the fourth round, he was like the 10th best available on Mel's list, and he doesn't go until the seventh or sixth or whatever it was. And and uh, But by the time he went, you know, he was blessed. He's going to Arizona where there's a UCF connection there and the wide receivers coach, Sean Jefferson. So 
that's pretty awesome. And uh, Trey Nixon, I was I was watching just yesterday the the Patriots. It was it was the last pick ever for one of their long time coaches. So pretty cool to see all those guys end up where they ended up. And uh, and then Marlon Williams also signed a undrafted free agent deal uh, with the Houston Texans. So he got like a two million dollar two million dollar guaranteed right up front. So. So technically, six guys were were definitely a big part of the draft and free agency, and we're hoping to hear more because there's a couple more out there. Uh, and Otis and Greg McRae, they're just hanging out, waiting to get a phone call too. So great draft. Couldn't say anything better for UCF. Yeah, and it's a it's a beautiful thing to see. You know the fact, and and I think Marlon Williams is going to be a sleeper. I think he's going to find his way onto a team. And not only that, I think I think you know I think fantasy football might know his name in a in, in a in a uh, maybe not too distant future. So I do believe that, and and I, I believe it's there. So I, I look forward to seeing it come to fruition. And you know, people have no idea that focus on the first round or yeah, okay, your guys got picked in the sixth round, seventh round. You have no idea. Gardner Minshew, what he did to Jacksonville and how he's helped that team sixth round. Tom Brady, best quarterback ever, sixth round compensatory pick. Like there is, there's so, there's so many things to be said about Mister Irrelevant. A couple years ago, like I, I remember, uh, you know, looking at it and it was a Trey Quinn, and Trey Quinn from SMU, fantastic wide receiver. He was Mister Irrelevant. I was like, if that's Mister Irrelevant, then this was a good draft. Like there's there's so much to be said about how hard it is to make a team. I don't care how they make it, as long as they do it justly and what you know morally in the right way. Like I don't care if you're drafted first through seventh round, undrafted free agent, two years removed. It doesn't matter. Mo Neal, one of my guys out of Syracuse, needs to get a phone call. Twenty five hundred and sixty yards rushing, and if they used him properly, he would have had over three thousand yards as a back, if not thirty five hundred at Syracuse. So, and the man averaged five yards a carry. So. Uh, to me, it's deplorable that he doesn't have a phone call. You know, Eric Dungy, if you like everything that you like about, you know, the, the situation in New Orleans, then you call Eric Dungy. So, I mean, it, it, there's there's a lot to be said about, I mean, you look at Taysom Hill and say, okay, if you like Taysom, then how does Eric not make sense? So there's, there's so many people that, you know, hopefully will get a phone call and, you can never downplay how somebody makes a team. It's 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 the heart and the person. You can't teach it. So there's a lot to be said about that, and it brings us full circle. When you put heart into sports and you put heart into life and you lead with your best foot forward, you find your best friends, you become an uncle, and you get to tell stories about how successful someone's going to be before they even know it. So with that being said, Jason, I never know how to say see you later, but I will see you later. And I, I greatly appreciate, respect, and look forward to it. And I can hear my family in the background. So please send them my love and my appreciation and hugs and kisses. And thank you for sharing a conversation today that undoubtedly has become one of the greatest ones on the show because it's real, it's true, it's genuine life. And I already can't wait to listen back to it. So I hope other people will do the same thing. Well, Dan, I always appreciate you, brother. I love you very much, and, and you guys have a great day. All right, we'll talk with you soon.